a gal who's not interested in how things used to be in the hair industry, who wants to hear from ladies that are paving their own way while making waves? Well then, She Makes Waves is for you. I'm your host, Lindsay Mayuga, and join me as I interview and learn and get curious about other hairstylists I believe are living life on their own terms, defining what success means for them and living lives in alignment with that. Let's dive in. Hey guys, I'm super excited to share with you that I have brought back my signature course, She Nets Worth, a hairstylist guide to going independent. So if you've been independent for a while and you don't have systems, this course is for you. If you're thinking about going independent and you're not sure if it's what's the right move for you, this course is for you. I know for myself, I wish I had this course. Basically, the first four years I was independent, I struggled because I didn't have the infrastructure or the understanding of the business side of my business. So if this sounds like something you could use some help with, please head over to my website, wavemaking.com, and check out my course. Okay, so today we have a really fun episode, kind of keeping with the theme we've been seeing of like people that I feel like have gone up and taken the pandemic and like made their business and their life more of what they wanted it to be. Marissa Bender is one of those people. She's the owner of Moss Hair Co. And in my opinion, she's an owner, but first she's an artist. And so, you know, I feel like there's like hairstylists where it's like, like the, their, the forefront is relationships. And then there's people that are like, it's the craft of hair. I feel like for Marissa, in my opinion, when I follow her and like, when I see her work, it's like, it's the art and it's then it's everything that comes after that. So I'm so excited to talk to her today about how she's taken her business during this time and kind of completely reworked it, doing what she loves, but in a different way. So Marissa, thank you for joining me. Thanks, Lindsay. I'm so excited to talk to you. Yeah, you too. So tell us a little bit about like what life was like pre-pandemic and then like what you've, what has come out of it and what has shifted in your world? Because I feel like it's something so many people are going to identify with. So yeah, I mean, pre-pandemic, it's so interesting because it, it like, you don't even think about it. It's just like, you know, just normal life. And so now this, this crazy thing happens and then everything changes and it makes you think about what things were like before. But I mean, I feel like before the pandemic, my life is probably pretty similar to a lot of hairstylists or salon owners. You know, you, you work all the time, you have a team that you work with that you know pretty well, everything's very consistent. And, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, everything was just very busy, um, you know, very well scheduled, um, I don't know. I mean, it's like, it's kind of hard to even like figure out how you want to like define it because it's just, it's always was right. Like you're always working. And, um, I think once COVID hit, it was, I remember like thinking, you know, in February, when we first heard about it, I was kind of of that opinion of like, Oh yeah. Okay. Like whatever people are like kind of going to blow this out of proportion, just like everything else. And I really honestly didn't think that they were going to shut us down. And so when they did, I was literally blown away. Just like, Oh, okay. Well I was wrong. Like this is more serious. And I guess we just have to go with it and see what happens. And, um, I definitely didn't think we were going to be closed for two and a half months. So that was an adjustment. Um, but honestly, for me, I feel like the the best part of being shut down was just the opportunity to, to slow down and not be on a schedule. Um, when I think back to it, like that's like the most valuable time really. Like I, I remember waking up and being like, huh, okay. So it's like the first time I've ever 
not had to go to work like ever, <laughs> you know, I think, I think before COVID the, the longest I'd ever taken off work, like for a vacation or for anything was like three weeks. So I think in my head, I, once I hit that three week mark, I was like, okay, like this is weird. Uh, what do I do now? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so just like struggling to not force myself to fill the time and just like sit and enjoy the, the break I think was, was super rewarding. Um, for me personally. And, you know, out of that, I think comes a lot of opportunity for like acknowledgement and awareness of yourself and like what's working, what's not working. And, you know, then kind of having the opportunity to go back, it's like, it's not really possible that it's going to be the same. So then you kind of have to decide, okay, what am I going to change? What's going to, what feels good now? What doesn't feel good now? And like, yeah, like I never had this space from my career like I had with COVID. Like just like almost like you got to extract yourself and then like look at everything and then go back into it and be like, oh God, this I doesn't really, fit anymore. Yeah, it's it was kind of like, you know, I felt like it was like you're you're you know, someone picks you up and you're floating above your life, or maybe you you're just kind of like taken back and you, you can see it, you know, at a distance. Um, because we don't normally have that kind of separation from from our schedule and from our it's like forced upon us, you know. Like people take vacation and people take a break, but do you really like, not like you did in March, <laughs> you know, right. like, like you're that, still, for me, it's like, you're still checking your email or you're still like responding to people in my world. Like I never yeah. really just like, was like, well, there's no real, not that there wasn't any point in reaching out. I mean, yeah, I guess tell your clients what's going on, but also like, it was like, a, it was like a strict pause. Cause it was like, there's nothing you could do. Yeah. And I also think just, um, like, I was listening to your, one of your podcasts that you just did on like the, um, the six, what was it? The, the Human six needs. Thing. Yeah. And it's funny because, um, you said something about like the need to like, to do things, to feel accomplished, to feel good, to feel like you earned whatever happiness or whatever. And like, that is kind of how i have always been. And like, was especially, I, th I feel like the busier you get, the more you reinforce that cycle because you're like, you know, at the salon and you're, it's like, Oh, it feels so good when you have like a crazy busy day and you make a lot of money and everyone's happy and your team is happy and your clients are happy and like, everything's great. Um, so then that becomes like a standard of like, okay, this is what I need to be happy. So if you take all that away, it's like, what's left, what makes you happy? That's not that, because that's kind of, I feel like at the core of you know, or it should be at least maybe should's not a good word. I, I don't know that. I, I don't know. I think, you know what I'm the trying goal, to say? The goal. Yeah. 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 You know, it helps you reframe a little bit because I think sometimes we get so caught up in, um, you know, the doing of the stuff. And I think that was like, so huge for me with COVID was just like, stop doing stuff like, or do stuff that you maybe want to do, but you never, you know, your excuse was you don't have time or, or whatever it was. So it's like, Oh, you have the time now, like do some stuff or don't do anything at all. It's kind of nice. <laughs> yeah. That was like the best part for me. Yeah. So now like when you've gone back and like, it does fit differently because you've like taken the space, like how have you like shown up differently in your life? Well, I think, you know, it's important to say too, like before the pandemic, I had a business partner in a fully staffed salon. And after the pandemic, I no longer have either one of those things. <laughs> so it, it's definitely a change and a shift. And uh, it kind of forced me to, you know, really think about what I wanted. Um, 
you know, my partner and I had a, had a great run. We had an awesome salon. We had an awesome staff. We were great friends. And I think at the end of the day, we just wanted different things, you know? And so I kind of had to make that choice of, do I want to, you know, stay where I'm at? Do I want to change where I'm at? Like what, what's going to happen now? So, you know, I kind of decided, um, that I was going to stay where I'm at and just kind of reframe the business. Um, I'm, you know, going more towards that independent artist route now. And I've been in the space on my own for kind of a while. I mean, it's been like, I feel like since October, since like end of September, October, I've been in there alone and just kind of, um, focusing on my client experience, like one-on-one focusing on the space and the energy that the space brings and like, just what I want it to be. And like, you know, how do I attract the right people? How do I, you know, make, um, make this shift, like what it, what it should be and what it needs to be for me, which is like a, a clean start and a fresh start. And I think it's, you know, I know you talk a lot about on your podcast, like having, um, like the setup so that you can just, be like more authentically you, which I I think that's really what my like realization through all the COVID stuff and all of the salon shifting stuff has really been. It's like, I've kind of been holding myself back in some ways, you know, with things that were more comfortable and choices that were just like, okay, like, yeah, like I don't really care about that. So I'm not going to make a huge deal about this or, you know, I'm not going to focus on that because I don't have the energy or whatever it is. Even if, even if that thing that I didn't have the energy for was something that I'd rather spend my time doing, you know, like, so I, I think that's been kind of like, it's been challenging for sure. Like to, to have to basically say like, okay, I don't want that. I'm going to stay here and do something not even, not even like really that different, but just try to figure out like, what is it that I truly want and just make that happen for myself and for others too, because I do really value having a a team of people. So like, that's what I'm focusing on now is, is growing my new team. Yeah. And I can totally relate to that. Cause I remember like when my partnership ended like over three years ago, I remember being like, this feels so comfortable, but realizing and finding it really empowering the day that I was like, no, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. And in realizing like that I had like looking back, I feel like, like seeing that, like I was more comfortable, like staying safe with someone at times. than I was exploring my curiosities and like the things I wanted to do. And that's what I think is so cool about like your evolution too, because it's like, it visually isn't that different. And I always say my business visually isn't that different to clients, but like, man, does it feel so different? Well, and honestly, like it's interesting because I guess I could say the same and also the opposite because, you know, when you, when your clients are used to a certain thing, when they come in, it's like, you know, you're forced to have that conversation. Oh, what happened? And then obviously you Mm -hmm. don't want to make it about drama. So you, you know, really short and sweet and like, obviously just moving forward, whatever, but it's, it is challenging to like have to have that conversation every day. And it's almost like you feel like you have to explain yourself, but I've kind of realized too, and partly because my clients are so awesome. They're all just like very, uh, understanding and like, I didn't even really ask me that much. It was kind of just like, Oh, okay. This is what we're doing now. This is cool. Like tell me about what your plans are, you know? And, and I thought like, I expected way more, um, kind of picking around and like trying to, you know, mm-hmm. figure it out. But like, I was so pleasantly surprised. Like really everybody is just kind of like, okay, well, like, what are you up to now? Like, what's the plan? Where are you moving now? <laughs> you know? So I, I really appreciated that. And it, it gave me, I think like, um, kind of like, a a little bit of relief of like, okay, like, yeah, this was, 
it's a change, but it's not, it's not really that big of a deal, you know? Yeah, no, but I know that same feeling. And like, there'd be someone who would come in like twice a year and she'd be like, my husband has been dying to know what happened with you too. And I'm like, your husband? Yeah. Like, why does he care? (laughs) I'm like, there must not be much scoop in your world that like, he's been waiting to hear like what happened here. Well, yeah. And also just like, I don't know. It's, I think some people are just of that way that they like have to know, you know, like whatever is going on. So yeah, you, you feel like you've kind of like, you're kind of getting more towards the core of like what you love about doing hair and able to like set your business up and it's private. Have you found it like interesting to see how you like, we're like, Oh, that doesn't matter to me, but I actually like enjoy like doing the design or I enjoy. That's actually a really great question. And it's funny because I used to think about it as a negative thing. So like the way that my partner and I always like separated everything was kind of more like, okay, you do the education, like train the team, do the artistic stuff. Because I've always been very open with like, yeah, my passion is hair. Um, it's all the other stuff is second, you know, like I, I joke a lot. Like when I was in hair school, I used to say like, I wish I could just like cut the client's head off have them drop it off to me. And then like, they come back and pick it up. Like I, I kind of wanted to like cut out, you know, all the bullshit, just like do the hair. Um, obviously like you realize when you grow it through your career, that that's not really the best way, but um, like you need the connection of the, of the yeah. person. And that, that was something that honestly I learned like later in my career. But, um, as far as like the, running the salon goes, you know, I, I always kind of, um, it, it felt like a lot for me because I felt like, you know, even though we, we did divide up our responsibilities, um, we still were always kind of like doing a little bit of everything. Right. And I think when the, the question came up of like, okay, like, are we going to move forward together or not? I kind of had this moment where I was like, okay, like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really want to do anything the way that I've been doing it. Like, I'm not really interested in even being like a salon boss or like a salon manager, really. And that's kind of what led me to, well, why don't I just open up my space for independent stylists? Because at the heart, like, it's funny, you know, we, we, we opened a commission salon partly because, you know, the idea of like creating a really strong brand and, uh, creating like really high standards and all the things that honestly we were able to, able to do really well. And that brought me a lot of joy, but the day-to-day part of it, I like kind of, it's not that I hated it or loved it. I, I could go without it. Like it didn't really matter to me that much. It was like the connections that I had with the staff would have been the same, whether they were independent or not, you know? So it, it just kind of left me feeling like very responsible and like, this huge kind of just like a weight, honestly. And, and when I considered, cause I wasn't even, it was, it's funny, like, you know, how these things happen and you're like, well, what if I did this? Would that be crazy? So, you know, I was thinking about like, how do I want to move forward? And it just, it seemed so clear to me, like, this is what I have to do. This is what makes sense. Like, this is the type of stylist that I've always been at heart, you know, the kind of, I don't know, just like more of that independent spirit anyways. And so, 
um, you know, this part of this whole thing was like how much I loved the space and how inspiring it was to me. So it just felt like a really great opportunity to be able to open that up to other people and let it become something else that wasn't like so boxed in, you know? Yeah. Well, and I feel like the industry has like shifted to where like it used to be like, oh, if you have a chair rental salon, it's not going to be classy or there's not going to be a high level of standard. I think that that is, that's like, that's just like, um, that's changed in recent years. And so like, to your point, it's like, well, if I could have more, like if I could have that elevated experience, but everyone's like collectively collaborating and doing their own thing, it's like, then I can cut out all the response, the stuff that drains me, which yeah. same for me, like the responsibility I felt for like having employees and being like, oh, if I go on a trip, well, I have that one watch my dog and I'll do this. So I can still be paying them. Just, I just always felt so like tied down. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, like I said, it was like, it starts to become a little blurry, like what part actually makes you happy, you know, especially when you have like a very close knit team, because I, I did like, I loved the team that I had so much, which is like part of what made this like so difficult to say, Hey, like, I'm not going to go with you guys. I'm going to, I'm going to stay here. Like, because I, you know, you feel like a certain sense of responsibility to people that you've been loyal to for a really long time. Um, but at the end of the day too, it's like, I want everybody to be doing what makes them happy, right? Like it's not my job to stand in the way of somebody else's happiness, even if it's like for how many years we've been like building happiness together, you know, it's like, especially like I said, after the clarity of, of COVID, it's like, you just start to look at things different and you're just like, okay, like, um, yeah, like if that makes you happy, then please do that. I'm going to do this or I'm not going to do this or whatever it is. Like, I know this all sounds like very vague and like, Oh no, it's great. But I have a a mentor, like one of my actual old hair school teachers who owns a commission salon here in Columbus. And I had, she had reached out to me. And so I had talked, was talking to her a little bit about like the situation and what I was going through and like trying to decide what to do with, with the salon and like how to move forward. And she was you know, she owns a commission salon. So it's not that she's biased necessarily, but she has her opinions just like the rest of us. And, and like you said before too, I I do think like the longer you've been in the industry, the harder it is to make that shift of like, okay, a booth rent salon doesn't mean what it used to mean, or it doesn't have to, you know, there's, there's very many different like ways you can set it up. So, you know, she was just like very plain and simple to me. Like all you need to think about is what you want your everyday to be like, how do you want to live your everyday in the salon? Like, you know, what are you willing to to compromise as far as like what that means for you in your home life and vice versa? But like, just think about your day-to-day life because that's, what's going to matter to you. You know, it's one thing to think about it in like abstract, like, Oh, I want to own this, or I want to do this, or I want to have this, but it's like, okay, what does that actually translate to? You know, what does it mean for you to have freedom, you know, cause people like to use that word. Oh, I want freedom. I want more money. I want to be happy. It's like, okay, well, if you don't quantify those things, then it, yeah. it's, it's an empty goal. You know, you're just like, oh yeah, I'll be happier when this happens. And then that happens. And you're like, well, okay, now I'll be happier when this happens. It's like, okay, well you probably need to change what your definition of happiness is because it, you're going to always be chasing something. If it's, if it's so simple like that, you know? Oh, I love that. And it's like everyone's definition, you need to get clear on like what your definition of freedom is. For one person, maybe it's freedom 
not being behind the chair and running a team. Freedom for someone else is like being able to just be behind the chair and like be present with your clients. Like I remember when I was a manager at a big salon, having to take take time out of my day to do coaching with other people when I was behind the chair all the time. I found it so restrictive. I was like, um, can we get in there quick? Cause I've got to get back behind the chair. Like my passion was to be with my client at the yeah. time. And I found it very like, it didn't give me freedom, but for someone whose passion is that like being in a salon and running a team, like that's freedom to them to free themselves up from being behind the chair. So it's so interesting. I just love it. And that. it's, that's such a great example because that is very, very similar to like my situation where, um, so like, for example, like for the last like few years, um, you know, when I was working, you know, in the salon in a different context, I had an assistant for a couple of years. Um, you know, the first, I would say like the first three years of having the salon, I had like a, like a per- personal assistant for the most mm-hmm. part, you know, someone one-on-one doing most of my blow dries. And I was like, really busy. So I would have like two, three clients there at once. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually very good at doing the juggling thing. Like as long as I have, you know, I know where, where everything is and like what's happening, I'm pretty good at it. But I started to realize, like I was saying earlier, it's like, you know, you get used to like a certain level of, of busy and, and success and excitement and all that stuff. And so when I, my last assistant who, when she got her chair, I didn't hire anyone else because I was like kind of getting burned out on it. And I was so like, okay, I don't know if I want to like continue to work at this volume, you know, or this intensity. And so like that last year, you know, once she got her chair, I was kind of like, okay, like this is way better, but now I need to raise my prices <laughs> because I'm doing half the amount of people in the same amount of time. Um, which like I'm doing that in January. Cause I, I it took me a whole year to realize that <laughs> before, you know, before you need to actually like put it in place. But it was just such a nice, like breather to be like, Oh yeah, this is what it's like to do every part of the service. And now that I've been working like that for like a year and a half, almost two years again, it's like, Oh, I don't really want an assistant anymore. I don't. And that's okay. Like I used to feel like that was like success, the the ultimate goal. Yeah. Like, Oh, I need to be having someone to like impart all my wisdom on a day in and day out, like watch them, like watch the whole process happen really quickly. Cause it would, you know, when, when you're working with someone one-on-one, like that growth is like super quick and you watch them get like, so, so good, so fast. And and that part is really rewarding to me because I, I love to teach and I love to, to help people, um, you know, grow and like become their own version of, of whatever stylist they want to be. And like that I do miss, but I don't, I don't miss it enough to want to go back to like scheduling the way that I was before. It was so stressful and I had no idea because I was like so in it that I didn't even realize that I would like it so much better to do every part of my service and like be able to sit on my processing times with my clients and like have a snack or do laundry, <laughs> like something totally. so simple, you know? Well, and I think it's really cool that you're like, I love to teach. I, I feel the same way you do, which is so interesting. Like that, like you can still be a teacher and you can still love your clients. And just like, how do you re how do you reformat the whole thing to like really honor you? Because like, you're getting to be an educator still, you're getting to do all the services that you want. And you're getting to be a, this, a, still be a salon owner, but in a way that honors like the life that you want to have. And I feel like that's what's like to me is so exciting about our industry because I remember thinking like 
well, like, again, like, do I not like educating people or teaching people if I don't like to have it taken out of my work day? And it's like, no, I, I have to do it. And I think it's fun to just like take everything you love and then figure out like, how can I like arrange reconfigure it, it and yeah. arrange it? And I think that's, what's so cool about like what you've done. And I find, and I'm like, there's more of us out there. Well, and it's so funny because like I said, like now I feel like I'm like, like I, I think I said before, I feel like I was like kind of limiting myself or censoring myself or whatever I, I said. And, and partly to that, I think is because you, you do, it's almost like when you give a little bit, you think that that's all you can have, you know, like, okay. For example, like when we first opened the salon, like, I don't know, it's been a long time ago now. It's like almost five years ago. I worked Saturdays for the first year. Cause I felt like I had to, because you know, there was only one or two of us working most days. And I I just felt like I had to do that. Well, then I was like, well, no, like I really want to dance still. Like I've danced my whole life. I've danced kind of off and on in like small companies here in Columbus. And it was something that I was really missing again. Cause I kind of, I, I left it to, to start the salon, like to go full force and like not have to like, you know, divide my time. And then once that kind of settled a little bit, I was like, okay, like I need to like make that time for myself again. So I haven't worked Saturdays again since then, because if I'm in a company, that's when we rehearse. So it was like, okay, that's going to be like my little section of that, that I put aside. And so that was kind of like the only thing that I did though, like that for myself. And so now I'm seeing like, okay, there's more things that you can do like that for yourself than just like a, like an obvious choice, which like a, like a hobby or something like big like that. It can be something really small. Like I'm not going to work past this time because in order for me to get home and have dinner and be able to like relax for a minute before I go to sleep and all that stuff that you know that you want or that you need to feel normal and happy and calm. And again, COVID like the time off, it's just like, it really shows you (laughs) what you need to like, you know, decompress, I guess. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it was like, okay, you know, we had adjusted our hours for COVID when we went back and I'm like, Ooh, I'm not changing them. I don't want to work later than seven, you know? And so it's, again, it's like that like small little adjustment of like rearranging your life so that you can have more of what you want. And I think a really big trick to that, which goes with this whole conversation is like, you just, you have to, you have to know what you want to make space for it. I feel, no, but like, I think that's so true. And that's like, for me, for so many years, like I didn't know myself. I didn't know what would make me happy. Yeah. And like, it felt good to do hair. Yeah. And I think that's so true of so many stylists because we're in a, we're in a, uh, what's that instant gratification industry, right? Like, okay, maybe a three hour hair service is instant gratification, right. but it's pretty damn close, you know? So we're doing like huge changes for other people in a short amount of time where they get to come in and leave and feel so much better and different and whatever they want out of it. Right. We give them like literally whatever they want out of the service. You want to come in and not talk. Cool. Love it. We'll be quiet. Like we'll do whatever. Like, I think that's, that's something that we do as stylists. Like we try to give the give what the client wants from you. But like, we don't do that service for ourselves ever. It's like, oh yeah, we go home. We're tired. Like, oh yeah, I want to, uh, go to bed at a reasonable hour, or I want to wake up early and work out and eat a good breakfast and do all the things that I know will make me feel good. But like, I didn't make time for that, or I didn't make space for that. It's like, you have to like hold yourself to, um, some sort of like, I don't want to say standard, but it's, it's kind of like a, 
like what you were saying before of like, a, like your minimum, you know, like what, what is the minimum that you need to like be, uh, sufficient and, and yeah. be able to like hold the rest of your day? Yeah. I love hearing from different, just different people about like how they've, how they've found that time in COVID. Like I realized like when I worked, used to work till eight or nine o'clock at night, like I didn't have time to decompress, to have dinner, to come home to like, it's like, it's just too much. You just come home and you're like, you just plop on the couch. You're like, give me a glass of wine. And then you pass out watching TV. (laughs) You know, it's like, that is exactly what happened. Yeah. Yeah. And and it feels, it's fine. Like we all have days like that. Right. But when it becomes every single day and you're like, okay, like what exactly am I up to? Like, am I working too late? Am I like, do I need to like have my groceries delivered instead of trying to go to the grocery store? Like, I don't know. I guess it's like more, I feel like COVID specifically because there were so many things that were just like, nope, can't do that. Nope. Can't do that. So it's like, it forces you to be a little bit creative of like, okay, well, I need something that will give me, you know, this result or whatever, whatever the thing is that you're, that you need. But I feel like it forced us all to be a little bit more creative of like how we were to go get that because we couldn't go to work. We couldn't get any of the, the, the instant gratification joy that we're like kind of spoiled on, you know? Totally. And I also think it gave people and like, for me too, like there's so many years where I'd be like, I'm going to get a Christmas tree after work, but then it'd be like, I'm passed out on the couch. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go to the zoo lights tonight at the zoo. They have this cool Christmas thing. Like I never did any of it. Oh my God. Because I I had so many ads, so many beautiful I can't even believe you would try to like, I literally, there's no even attempt for me to do anything after work. Like, no, I wouldn't even, by the time I would, I wouldn't even get out the salon door before I'd be like, definitely not doing that today. Yeah. But I'd be like, I'm going to go pick out pumpkins at the orchard that's up on 64th. (laughs) I was like, like I had this, I think people thought I had this whole life and I think I was tricking myself into thinking I had it too. But every day when I left the salon, none of that stuff happened. But I feel like that's what COVID did for us. It gave us like, they showed us the possibilities of like, well, if I thought if I could feel like this, I'd get that pumpkin. Or like, if I could feel like this, like I would go to that dance thing. (laughs) Well, and honestly, like I, I know I keep going back to this, but I, I think COVID and part, like, maybe this is like a lot, but I think most why everybody is like, so polarized, I think is the word. It's because it's like an emotionally difficult, like thing, right? Like, and like I said, you know, two months, two months into the, like the shutdown itself, that's one thing that's like so difficult. Like it's, it feels draconian. You're like, what the hell is happening? You know? So you kind of like, I don't know, like you, everybody has like some sort of emotional response. And so it's like, okay, the things that you do to, to distract yourself and to run from that are taken away. So it's like, you're forced to sit with that stuff. So either you're going to like accept and like move forward, or you like put a bunch of like walls and defenses up and like, I don't know, you know, I think it depends on which perspective you have, how you're going to see yourself in that situation. But I think if you boil it down and like take it, take it down, you know, to the very base layer of the people who are like on, on both extremes, like extremely terrified of COVID, you know, won't leave their home, uh, sanitizing, you know, groceries and other things that like really maybe doesn't matter as much, you know, like just the extreme, like they want to be in a bubble. And then you have the people who like literally pretend that nothing is happening. Don't, it doesn't matter. I'm going to hug you and kiss you and go see whoever I want and get on a plane and like, you know, do all the things that you're like, we have these two crazy opposite sides. And I think wherever your, whatever your emotional intelligence is, 
it's, it's going to put you towards the extreme of the, of what you don't want. Right. So like, if you're somebody who's like so afraid, then, you know, I think depending on how your emotions are, it's going to put you on one side or the other. And so that to me, like when I was stuck at home and like being able to just kind of like step back and see that you just realize that, you know, if, if you, if you allow yourself to be aware of it, like you can just see that in so much else in your life. You can see it in like, not, you know, all the shit that happened before COVID and everything that's going to happen, you know, looking forward to the future. It's like, it gives you this new framework of like, okay, like I need to be able to like feel my feelings and make decisions from there because otherwise it's like, you're kind of, I don't know, like being pulled in those two extremes. It's like, I feel like it's really hard for people to sit in the middle. That's fascinating. I just like had a huge takeaway from what you were saying. I was tracking you and I was like, okay, I'm, I think I'm with you. I think and then I know, I was it's thinking, hard for me to like no, explain this. No, I, I love think it. it. Yeah. But what I, my big takeaway was like, oh my gosh, in my last life, previous to this one, like pre having my own studio, I was like the people that didn't believe it was happening. Like, I was like, this isn't happening. I'm going to take a couple more clients. We're going to be great together. We'll be together forever. I know you don't think that, but just let me work a little harder at it. This is what's happening. Isn't happening. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I was the person who was just like, I was that on that far extreme of just like delusional about things ending. It's like, it doesn't even matter what your actual beliefs are, right? Like it doesn't matter if you, if you're like a crazy COVID conspiracy theorist or like a a total, like, you know, clean freak bubble person, whatever. The, The fact that anybody is like that extreme and we have such a hard time as a society, like with logic and reason and like coming into the middle, like that's like the whole problem in my opinion. And again, like we're talking about COVID cause it's relevant, but like you can apply that to literally any, anything. And I, I'm not even saying that to say, Oh, you shouldn't have strong opinions. Right. Cause like, I think right. that you definitely people should, I'm, I am somebody who has many very strong opinions, but I think all of this for me personally has just taught me, like, if you're going to have a strong opinion about whatever it is, like you should be able to at least like find some sort of, you know, yeah. uh, like resolution in the middle where you can at least see somebody else's perspective, you know, instead of being like, I just feel even, even I'm sure you feel this too. Like when you're talking with clients and like, it's almost like they come in and they want to know like, okay, are you this extreme? Or are you this extreme? And it's like, well, I mean, I can meet you where you are. Some people want to know what, where you stand on everything. And like the beautiful thing about a hairstylist is we can kind of have a conversation around anything. So it's like, 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 oh, it's almost like they're trying to get your reaction to COVID to see your politics. But it's like, it's just, it's been a very high intensity time to be a hairstylist. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And like, I, I'm somebody who like, I don't mind having that conversation in the salon. Um, but it has to still be like, okay, like it's different for me now. Cause I've, you know, I feel like when you're by yourself, you can get away with a lot more, you know, you're not representing a whole like group of people. Yeah. Right. And then if you, you know, you have, I just feel like it's important to, yeah, like take the temperature of the room, you know, like you, you, you never know if you're working next to somebody who has a client who, you know, is 
extremely one way. And then your client comes in and they're, you know, we, I've had that happen before, yeah, you know, somebody's, have, right? somebody's sitting in the salon and they're like going on and on and on about whatever political issue. And like, meanwhile, the person all the way down at the end, they're like, well, my blah, 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 blah was this, this, and this. And you're just like, okay, like you can't please everybody. All right. Yeah, but totally. And like, <laughs> I work in a really liberal place. So people can sometimes yeah, come in thinking that everyone shares their belief and they just would be like, can you believe? And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I know for a fact that the person next right. to you is so offended. <laughs> I know. And like, I don't know. I guess I also feel like, well, everybody can just be a little offended every once in a while. Like we don't all need to be policing everybody's words hundred yeah. percent of the time, but it's also important to be like courteous and totally mindful of respectful. Of- yeah. So like, as far as like your salon and like your life moving into 2021, like what are like, I know it's hard because like we, the world is still like up in the air, but like, what direction are you feeling like really inspired to go in? I am very inspired right now to just create space for people, including myself. But, you know, when I talk about building a a team, it's, it means something totally different to me now than it used to, you know, I've, I'm lucky because I've been able to like take my time and do this and like not have to rush. And, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate to like be able to, to stay in the place that I am and like, just kind of, I know it seems a little corny, but almost just like let it unfold to me because I do have like a really clear vision of like what I see the salon being for myself and for others in the future. And right now I I'm taking it as kind of like, like I said, just like a a blessing or like a, like a really awesome situation that I have to like get it. I I don't have to, you know, rush to make it happen. I'm just kind of like letting it unfold. And you know, I, when I finally put it out there that like, Hey, I'm looking for independent people. And like, it was the, the responses that I got were really great, you know? So I'm now I'm at this point where I'm, you know, interviewing stylists and trying to find the right fit. And, um, cause I think for me, again, it's like, I don't have to, I'm, I'm not in a place where I'm like, you know, desperate to pay rent or something. Right. So I don't, I don't want to just like bring on whoever just to fill chairs, just for appearances, just to be like, you know, cause I was really insecure about that at the beginning. Like, Oh shit. Like, what are people going to think? Like, it's just me in here by myself right now. And it's kind of weird. And I have to explain myself and like, it's this whole thing. So I, now that I've like been able to work through that with all of my clients and, and friends and other stylists that I know, it's like, now that I'm comfortable with that, I can sit in it. And now it, it's, it's an opportunity for me. Cause I'm like, cool. Well, anyone that I interview and talk to and anybody who's interested, who wants to come in, like I now get the opportunity and the choice of like, you know, how much input do I want to take from them? Like I, I I now can ask, you know, unbiased opinions of like, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? What are you looking for? Like what, of the things that I'm telling you I'm offering, like what is the most important to you? Like it's, it's like a big learning process for me now to just kind of like take inventory of, you know, what stylists want from me, what I can give them and like what the space can do for everybody. Because like, I don't know, I I just, I feel like there's not really a, a space in Columbus that is kind of offering what I'm trying to do, which is to have this 
you know, collective of stylists who are all working independent, but at the same time, you know, we have this, you know, creative space where we can all come in and like work together, work individually. You know, we have all the tools that we need to create a successful salon, uh, experience for the client and for ourselves. So I don't know, I'm just really excited to see that unfold like step-by-step and to, to just kind of like not try to like control it and strangle it so much, you know, like, I I feel like I did that already with like a very specific, you know, thing in mind. And, and now I'm kind of just like, okay, like I do have a very clear vision, but at the same time, like I'm open and excited to like, let that evolve, you know? Right. Like you're letting go of how it comes to pass, but you have a vision. And I love that your, your foundation is just like you. I just love that because it's like, then anyone that comes in, it's like, it's like, they're like, you know, who you are on your own. And I feel like that's just, I, I feel like it's such a personal growth opportunity to like have happen what you had happen similar to me. It's like, Oh my gosh, like I can stand in a room and show up somewhere by myself. Like I could never have done that before. Well, and what's funny is like, I could have done that before, but yeah. I, I would choose not to. No, right. And, no, I could have too. Yeah, exactly. It's like, no, you could, but like when you make the choice to not, it, and it's, it's weird, right? Because like, I'm, I've been married for a really long time. I got married really young. So I think about relationship, like I'm a very, uh, loyal and bonded person. So like whoever you are to me, whether you're, you know, my husband or my best friend or my business partner or whoever it is, like, I'm a very like strong bonded person. I'm very loyal and I'm committed. And like, that can be a detriment to you if you let it hold yourself back. And that goes for any relationship, you know, whether it's your marriage or your family, like all that stuff. And, and so I think that was like a huge part of it too. Cause it's like, being able to, like you just said, like, look back and be like, yeah, I could have done that too. But the choice that you make to not do it, it seems like a win at the time because you're like, yeah, I'm choosing to, to do this with you. And that's a compliment to them. And then it's a compliment to you and your, in your sense of self of like, oh, I'm a loyal, dedicated person. But what you don't realize sometimes, you know, is if that, if, if it's not being reciprocated hundred percent, or if you start to do it so much that you're taking away, like, the independent part of you that needs to do stuff by themselves sometimes, you know? So that I think is huge for, for probably really anybody who feels like that. That's like, I oh, feel yeah. like that's hairstylists. Like we're such loyal people. Like we, yep. we like, we don't feel comfortable really growing because I'm this constant in my client's life or everything you just said. I'm like, Oh my God, I did that. I did that to my detriment in my marriage and in my partnership and with really every relationship because everywhere you go, there you are. Right. So I love, I love what you just said. That was a huge like aha moment for me. What I've been also really inspired by is like, so a lot of the stylists that I've reached out to who are interested, it's like the timing's not now. They're like, Oh my God. Yes. Like I would love that. I can't wait. Like uh, my lace is not up for another year though. So like that was kind of like crushing to me at the beginning. Cause I was like, well, shit, like I should have announced this sooner. Like I, I knew I was going to do this. I should have announced it sooner. Now I'm going to be stuck in this waiting game. And again, instead of using that as like a, uh, you know, something to be sad about, it's like, okay, well, this is actually an opportunity again, because if somebody or, you know, one or two or three people are telling me, Hey, come at me again in a year because I'll probably make the move. That gives me a little bit of a cushion of like, okay, 
now I don't need to fill every chair right now. If I could, you know, just get a couple people who would want to come on a little sooner, which is now that's what I'm working on. I'm talking to like two, three, four people right now to try to figure out, okay, who's the best fit for, and whose timing is right. And what does this person want out of it? What do I, you know, it's like, it's so much more of like a, a true like connection, I feel like for the hiring process and, you know, the hiring word when you're independent, is like, it's a no, no, but at this, I, you know what I mean though? It's like, whoever you bring on, it's such a more, it's more of an investment in, in them and in, in yourself, because you're, you're essentially saying like, yeah, you do you, but like, do it with me, you know, like, that's kind of cool. I, and I, I really miss that because I feel like, you know, when we used to hire people for the commission salon, it was a little bit of that. And, and I do think that, you know, it, we never would come from the place of like, we want you to be exactly this, but it was, it was a lot more of like, how are we going to, you know, how is this person going to work with the whole rest of the team? And like in a, in a, in a much more structured setting, you know, because again, when you're an employer and an, and you have that different type of relationship, there's so much more responsibility. Like I'm paying you, right? Like I don't have to pay anyone anymore. That's kind of nice. And it's like, you're almost (laughs) trying to manufacture a little bit of relationships or like, I want you guys to meet and like each other. And like, that that was important to me with independence, but it also was kind of like, perfect. I, I, I like both of you. So I feel like you're going to like each other and then like exactly. watching them connect and like my two renters turns out they have the same birthday and they're like, they're both from like immigrant families. And I'm just yes. like, Oh my God, they have so much in common that you would have never known about. But I'm like, you just kind of go off of like a, a feeling. Well, and something else I think that's really important, especially for me right now that I kind of had an aha moment of like, well, their energy has to be good because I'm not going to, I might not even work with this person. Like my schedule is what it is, right? Like I don't work Saturday, Sunday, or Monday. Now I work the full day of the other days that I'm there. But like, if I hire somebody who wants to work Saturday, Sunday, Monday, I literally will never work with them. Right. So like, then that gives you a whole different perspective of like, okay, what's their energy going to be if with the rest of like, if they're the first person that I bring on who that's their schedule, then the next person who works those days, they are the ones who set the tone for them, you know? So it's kind of, it starts to become like a, okay, less about like, how am I going to like, how are you going to respond to me being your boss versus like, how are you going to like manage the energy in the salon if I'm not there? And, or like, how is your energy going to fit with this person and that person? And like, what are you going to attract? You know, because we're not, it's, you know, I'm coming from a place now of like, not really a a managing mindset, which is like so different because, you know, all of the classes and stuff, when you own a, a commission salon, you go to these business classes and they teach you how to be a great boss and how to relate to people and how to, you know, have these tough conversations. And, you know, I took a lot from that, especially like at hair camp, you know, when I think I met you there the first time and, um, Right. Well, and like, I feel like it's standing in your power more in this kind of setup for me, at least I'm like, okay, this is so much more organic. I have no problem having like really candorous conversations yeah. with my renters where like when I was a boss, I felt so like cats got my tongue. Um, well, and think do about, you have like, a minute? Uh, there's so much less like, because again, they're their own boss themselves. Totally. Just agreeing to like coexist and self and support each other. So less heavy, like way less pressure and like responsibility and like just, yeah, making a lot more space to do more stuff that either, either in the salon or out of the salon to just like be able to do more of what you want. 
Yeah, I love that your theme is making space because it's like you want to work in a space you love. You want your clients to get their hair in a space they love. You want stylists to be able to come in and work in a space they love. And like, you want to have actually space to do the things in your life. I just think it's like, when you said that, I was like, that is totally what it is for you. Well, you're, that's all like, I, I'm, I'm learning that I didn't even realize I was saying that. So thank you. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I guess you're right. Like, I, I guess you're right. Like I am like super focused on, on that right now. And I didn't even really pick up on that theme. So it's that's super kind of cool. cool. And like, I, and, and honestly, maybe that's what we're all trying to do in our own ways. You know, I don't know. I mean, it'd be interesting to like, think about, but I think that's so cool. It makes me think, and it makes like, I feel like how cool to think that there's like this common thread. That, Cause I think there is for everyone that runs through everything they do. And it's kind of interesting to think like, maybe that's yours. I don't know. Like we have to give ourselves permission to evolve in this industry. And I feel like like, and to be okay with like saying to that client that's been your longtime client, like, that's just not how I'm going to do things anymore. And just owning that. And I just like, it's, it's hard for me, but every time I do it, I'm happier. Yeah, and sure. um, so where can people find you? Like someone who's listening to this is like, okay, I want to work there. I'm in Columbus. My Instagram is hairbender underscore M. And then I have the Moss Hair Co. Instagram page that I've been kind of like reworking a little bit to, to showcase more of the the independent stuff that I'm offering now. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can find me there. You can email me mossherco.com. Um, I'm updating that right now. So like the website is a little bit barren. <laughs> it's like very, there's not a lot on there right now, but, um, that's updating. And yeah, I mean, just, I, I feel like anybody who would want to reach out for, for any reason, like feel free to send me a message or whatever that is, but yeah, I'm super excited, um, to move forward and thank you so much. Oh my God, thanks for being on. on. No, it was awesome.